the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome everybody, we're back. Episode 1, 2, 3 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, and like almost every week I'm here with the David Farrell of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. And we're back with you for, we're going to have an all questions and answered episode of the podcast this week, where we're going to look back at Bellator from a couple of weeks ago as we were off last week. We're also going to look at the UFC card where there was a bit of controversy. We're going to look ahead to International Fight Week. There's a Bama event on this weekend as well. We're going to look ahead to that. Maybe the most jam-packed show in the history of the Sphere of podcast. So strap in. Should be fun. Graham, how are you? How was your weekend? How was your week? Yeah, it was good, yeah. Uh, good crack. Oh, I didn't wasn't having as much crack as you though on out in a, a wedding, but I have a wedding next week. Yeah. I'm actually missing Bama to go to a to a wedding. It just it's pretty annoying. It's a very very good card as well, but these things happen in MMA. People are so people are so <laughs> people are so selfish. Like and they organized this wedding around me so that there was no major MMA. On. <laughs> so yeah, I had some crack. I was on the piss for two and a half days. So it was unbelievable. I met I met a few friends of the podcast actually. Uh Shane Collins, shout out to him. Um big fan of the Severe Met podcast. He was at the Jose Aldo Conor McGregor press conference as well. So he was asking for you, asking for PT and all, so shout out to him. Oh and yeah, he was one of that mob at the at the presser, was he? That was him. <laughs> no. <laughs> um look, I suppose we better get straight into it. Before we do that though, you've something to mention there, don't you? You've oh, yeah, a link the- in the website. Yeah, if there's some uh, merchandise you can buy. Uh, you can buy T-shirts, tank tops, uh, hats, golf balls, everything. Just go and have a look. Uh, go onto Severe MMA website and click on merchandise, or just type in severemma.com forward slash merchandise, and there's loads of shit there. Check it all out. Yeah, Rock some very good Severe stuff. MMA gear. Do it. Help us out if you like this. You want to support the podcast. We bring it to you free every week, 123 weeks. We okay, we missed last week, but we, I think we've only missed like maybe three weeks in the two years now that we've been doing it. So that's yeah, not blame you for all of them as well. Yeah. Well, actually, I was going to miss one more, but that was a week that we had to take off anyway. And I, the PC was going to step in for me, but it, it, it turned out it didn't have to happen. But yeah, I've never missed one before. Last week, it was never soft. my fault. You've changed. <laughs> Definitely tough, but what is it? Severe Medicom Forest Less Merchandise? Go go over there, support us. You'll get some nice stuff, pretty reasonable prices. You know, if you want a wallet, a baseball cap, a t shirt, anything like that, I'm go on over there. Severe Medicom. I'm okay. Yeah, you can get a fucking your own personalized Graham bumper stickers. If you're a Liverpool fan, you can go over there and buy a cup, it's the only one you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's go. All questions answered. But we're going to pick out a few specific ones first so we can talk a little bit longer about them. And then we're going to get to all of them quick fire uh, about halfway through the podcast, maybe a little bit before that. Right, first one, as always, from our great friend, Mr. Podge. What great grade would you give the Bellator pay-per-view? How did it compare to the UFC last time we saw? Is this last time we see Fedor and such? Right, Bellator card. <clears throat> Um, the pay per view, it, it was it was it was pretty good. Like there was, there was like for for what it was on paper, it was some absolutely mad moments. Like uh, the double knockdown in the Fedor fight. Like I know I know it's sad to see somebody like Fedor uh, losing uh, very easily like that. But like if, if he's gonna lose, it might as well be some good crack beforehand with a double knockdown. Obviously, rarely seen. Um, 
the Pico losing was it was uh, was uh, exciting. Like it was it was unexpected to, to a lot of people and to me included. Uh, especially the way he got Scott dominated. Um, yeah, it, it was it was a good it was a good pay per view card. I think uh, I think I think it was it was the best. Like they've only done two pay per views now, and I think it, I think it was the best and the most talked about and the most publicly engaged or most engaging from the public of of their uh, of their, any of their recent shows. So I think it actually was a, a success for for Bellator. I haven't seen the numbers of the pay per view yet, but. It seemed to they were talking about it trending number one on Twitter and all that stuff. So they they seem to have gotten it out there pretty well. And I think uh, I think a big part of of how well it went was uh, you know, in fairness to Goldie and especially Mar Mauro Ronello. I think that added a real other dimension to to it to the the product that it didn't have before. Yeah, there's a lot of things to get through there. I think it was a very very good night and a bad night as well for them because well, if you look on the good side, you mentioned a lot of things there. The bad side. Pico lost, you know, they, obviously he's probably their biggest prospect, along with the likes of James Gallagher and a few more. They would have wanted him to win, so that was big. Michael Chandler lost. We'll get into that in a second. Obviously, Fedor lost. He's probably, you know, their most well-known person. Vanderlyn Chael, it could have been a better fight, but they probably wanted that to go to Chael. But, you know, those are three or four big losses there for them that they probably would have wanted to go the other way. Now, in MMA, you know, it, it's very hard to to predict who's going to win or to push someone like that. You know, Dana White, it's one of the truthful things he always says that, you know, <laughs> you, you can't be banking on anyone because it's very, it's very hard. Um, before we get into some of the fights, yeah, I agree. I thought the, the commentary boot was very, very good. I've been a big fan of Jimmy Smith for years. Thought he was excellent. Todd, Goldie, yeah. Goldie and, uh, and Maranello were excellent. Goldie pronounced James Gallagher's name right, which is already a step up from the last uh, crew that were doing it. So yeah, I, th I thought it was, I thought it was very good. It's nice to, nice to hear Goldie back. A bit weird seeing him not in the, you know, in the UFC, sitting in the octagon. And when he, I, I liked the bit where he started talking to Jimmy Smith about. Um, about oh we, we used to say this before and he's like oh, well we didn't say it and he was like oh yeah I, I used to say it with Joe and you used to say it with uh, the other guy and stuff like that so yeah I, I thought that was good yeah it was funny when they, they kind of like he was waiting to say virtually identical and they kind of teed him up and uh, yeah and he's like everything else is virtually identical <laughs> <laughs> he's become self-aware over the last while i think it's very funny like he he uh it was it a picture of like joe rogan and jimmy smith or something on twitter and he was like um they're virtually identical or no it was something like that oh, I somebody mean, else he, tweeted that i think yeah he might have retweeted it, it. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah but yeah he's, he's become very funny before the fights again the tv deal this was a big uh, bone of contention for a lot of people last week and stuff, and it, it eventually it eventually got sorted. Where in Ireland we could watch the undercard on YouTube, and then we had to pay for the pay for the main card on YouTube. Which for me it was it was fine. Look, if they want to do pay per view, uh, you know, charge us a little bit less. It, it was expensive. What was it? Seventeen quid. Expensive enough, like for something in the middle of the night. But fair enough. They put it on. I'm not going to complain about that. Yeah, what I will complain about is. It came. They they did it in the morning of the fight. It seemed like someone alerted them that the, to the fact that Ireland wasn't actually in the UK. <laughs> Some said because, like, uh, I don't know. They seemed. I know we've been talking back and forth and stuff, but they seemed for a long time to think that, um, you know, that even when Scott you spoke to Scott Coker before the last fight in uh, I think it was Belfast, and he was kind of saying, "Oh, we don't know that we're not on television Ireland." He didn't know that he thought it was on the Bellator app. You could get it, you know. There, I think they've just. It's not that they don't want to do it. It's that 
obviously Spike TV UK have no interest in putting on Bellator live. I think it's a lot of bother for them to you know go with Spike in America, especially, and get them to put inter- international distribution on channels that are not their own channels and by channels i don't mean specifically tv channels i mean youtube and all things like that this was obviously a little bit different because it was a pay-per-view and they could sell it and then they could put the undercard on in ireland as well because i think they found out that ireland kind of wasn't in the uk and it was a separate deal which is to my knowledge and i think yours as well has only happened recently but what's your whole thing yeah the thing the thing I, I like for for the public of ireland it was it was great it was brilliant having the youtube stream for for what you uh the, the undercard of bellator known as bellator 180 and james's fight against chinzo uh but the people in northern ireland are obviously officially classified as in, in the uk and they were they were geo-blocked from watching it so they'd have to get that sorted uh but they're making like this is this is big progress we've been talking for for years about this just getting a stream like and they finally have like i know it came last minute and all but uh, hopefully they'll they'll have the the structure in place for the next time to to do this much more much more easily. Yeah, like they've shown now that in Ireland they can put on a Spike TV card on YouTube for free. They've shown that. Am I right? The one eighty card that was yeah. on in Ireland on YouTube for free. So now going forward, if you're a fan of James Gallagher or if Joe Duffy goes over there and you're in Ireland or you want to see Ryan Bader fight the next time or Pitbull or whoever. This has happened already now. They've shown you they can put this on YouTube for free. Mm. So you should be tweeting them. You should be writing to them, telling them this is where we want it in the future. You can do this. You've proven to do it. Yeah. And, like, it's no I good. was thinking... Yeah. Go on. I was thinking after Ariel, Ariel Hawani had a, an extra segment of a show on Twitter, uh, streamed on Twitter, I, I, I I'm kind of was thinking maybe Bellator, that'd be good for Bellator. Yeah. And Twitter promote the event then. They put the hashtag at the, at the start. They kind of... Uh, put little ads in people's timeline being like oh bellator is starting now or whatever that would be a very good way to to get engagement i think and if they're going to stream it online youtube is brilliant yeah uh, like youtube is great as well but that could be another idea to, to put it on twitter and that might even get even more interest for them yeah 100 percent. and you can geoblock all these different things as well you know obviously we're most concerned with ireland but definitely in the uk as well this has to improve like if you if bellator want us to take them seriously as the second biggest promotion if they're challenging the, uh, the ufc this is what they should be expected of them we, like some getting on tv i know it's tough and everything but we've been or sorry bellator have been promising this since the the bjorn ribney days i remember him talking to luke thomas years ago and luke thomas like tweeted or something saying like oh there's a uk deal is coming up it's coming and i I was just thinking to myself hmm yeah how long have we been hearing that and that was when bjorn was still there so like it's been going on for years and years and years with bellator so this was a huge step of progress as you said very very good hopefully we have the same thing going forward um i suppose the biggest thing as well for irish people tonight james gallagher you, you can't karate your way out of a rear naked joke, can you? James Gallagher. <laughs> I thought it was... I thought yeah, it was he's looked absolutely brilliant in his last so yeah. two fights. Yeah, it, it was similar enough to his, to his uh, fight against Krill um, Medvedovsky, I think his name was, uh, yeah. where he just came in, basically uh, landed a couple of shots on the feet and got the take down, rear naked choke. When somebody takes your back, it, it's, it's such an advantageous position. And when somebody's really good at that, it should be your game plan to immediately get it to the ground as quickly as possible. And it seems now that in the last couple of fights, that is James's game plan. He's not messing around on the feet, risking getting caught with something fancy against Machida. He's just taking it to where he's strongest and finishing fights and making it look really easy. And he looked great on the feet as well, uh, Gallagher. He was like, 
he's like an he's like he's like an aggressive his style is like an aggressive version of Gunnar Gunnar Nelson's style with the with the karate stance and the and the 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 rear naked choke game and the ground game. Um, so I think he should he should like he he's probably gonna and he seems to be gonna keep that up. And I think he, if he does move down to one thirty five pounds bantamweight, which he's he's talking about doing, I think uh, I think he's gonna be really a force to be reckoned with in that division. The big thing with with James is maybe it's like uh, I think I said it after his last fight. It's maybe he doesn't have the athleticism of someone who could reach to the very very top. Not not reach to the very top, but he doesn't have like a plus athleticism. Like say like someone like Yoel Romero, which we'll get to later, has, and Robert Whitaker probably doesn't. But he's a good fighter in a different way. Like I I question that about James. But then on the against Shinzo Machida. I thought he looked a lot better, actually. I think you made a great point there about fighting like a more aggressive Gunnar Nelson. I think previously he was just fighting kind of like a Gunnar Nelson, kind of like a fight a fight style that might maybe a 170-pounder or 185-pounder style, you know, slow kind of on the striking and waiting to hit one strike or waiting to hit one big takedown. This, he was way, way more light in his feet than he had been before. It was improving all the time, but I thought this was very good. No, we didn't see much of it. What was it? Two and a half minutes. He's fighting against Shinzo Machida, and we know how good Machida's striking is. Yeah, and he's a black belt on the ground as well. You know, he's not—he's yeah. no mug on the ground. Shinzo, yeah. he's a black belt. Okay. Like I know he's like James. Obviously, went through him on the ground, but it wasn't like he made him look like he didn't know what he was doing on the ground. But he—he's—he he knows what he's doing on the ground. He may not be a submission artist, uh, Shinzo, but he—he he knows what he's doing. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that was a very, very good win. Uh, win for James, and we have a few more questions about him later on, so we'll definitely get to them. But yeah, big up to James, fair play to him. Uh, as I said, you can't crack your way out of uh, out of your neck choke. <laughs> uh, Heather Hardy as well. She made her debut against uh, Alice Yeager, finishing the third round. I was, I was pretty impressed with her. I thought uh, obviously yeah, there's a bit of gaps as well. Yeah, yeah, little bit of gaps in her game. Obviously, she's coming over from pro- professional boxing uh, for her first MMA fight, but she looked. You know, she has that that fighter's gene in her. You could see she got hit a few times with maybe, you know, shots that she wouldn't be expecting. I think she actually knocked down Jaeger at one stage and she never went in on her. She was kind of waiting for the eight count, I think. But yeah, it was it was pretty impressive. Obviously, her hands are very, very good. And I think that transition transition to MMA is very, very tough from boxing. But I thought for the first time and for someone who's still concentrating on boxing, I was very impressed with it. Yeah, yeah, she did. She looked real good, and I think she she was saying afterwards that she's kind of been affected with the MMA bug, and she she might put a bit more more time into MMA, and she seems to be uh, picking it up pretty quickly. If if she's been training mainly boxing for her most of her life, she seems to be uh she seems to be pr- pretty good at picking up the other aspects of of mixed martial arts in a in a short time. So she definitely could be somebody to watch, and I think Bellator will give her will give her nice matchups at the start. Uh, the ones that they think she can win because she she seems to have a. Uh, uh, decent mic skills uh, in the post fight interview and stuff as well. So yeah, she got a lot going for her. And then the, the boxing background, obviously people like people like that. It brings a different angle of interest, uh, having the pro boxer angle as well. Like so, yeah, I think she's she's definitely one to watch in the women's division. Yeah, um, if that was a an interesting fight and one that we enjoyed watching, I think Ryan Bader against uh, Phil Davis was <laughs> kind of the exact. I think we kind of expected. Mm. It was similar. It was a bit more. It was a bit better than what I remember the first one being, but uh, not much. <laughs> no, it was like two weeks ago. Now I can't even remember what happened. I I think I had it, I had it scored for Davis. Um, you know, it was one of those fights where not all around the right. Yeah, I thought there was maybe maybe 
two two or three two clear rounds, I think, in the whole fight. Um it really, really could have gone um gone either way. What do you think aside from the fight, what do you think it means for uh for Bellator to have is is it better to have Ryan Bader as a champion or better to have Phil Davis as a champion? Um Probably Ryan Bader because he's more likely to, to get a knockout or a finish. Probably, uh, well, Phil Davis used to get some some submission finishes, but he's he, I think for a highlight reel he's probably better, and he's probably a little bit more well known than Phil Davis. Um, but they're they're similar enough. It's it's very six of one, half a dozen of the other. I think it it doesn't really doesn't really make a difference. Like neither of them are, are big needle movers with the with the casual fans or the or the hardcore fans. Yeah, I think it would have been worse if there was maybe if it was even Liam McGeary. I know that, that happened with with um, Davis beat him, didn't he? If it was like a Bellator kind of guy and he got beat by the guy just coming from the UFC who was clearly not good enough to win a UFC title, you know, kept getting beat at the final hurdle. But yeah, I think to give you yeah, kind of, like yeah, he's kind of you know the All American. I know Phil Davis is as well, but. Ryan Bader is, I don't know, I think, yeah, maybe it's six one half a dozen there, but there, there seems to be always something about a Ryan Bader, kind of, you know, I don't know, people seem to like him, I think people like Phil Davis as well, but yeah, as you said, his style, he's definitely more geared to knocking people out, and guys as well who are maybe good strikers, he'll take them down and hurt them on the ground rather than just kind of doing what Phil Davis kind of did to Machida, whereas he just kind of kickboxes him, uses his lint and stuff. So, yeah, the sick thing is that fight will probably happen again. You know, I, I think both of those guys are much better than most of the of the uh, Bellator light heavyweight division. Tito Ortiz against Ryan Bader, next fight? Yeah, it has a storyline, like the unexpected victory for Tito. Um, they seem to be giving Tito a lot of airtime in the whole Chael Sonnen thing. Maybe they're trying to make a rematch of that. Yeah. Uh, they they spent half the half the time after the fight cut to, to Tito looking on in amusement and trying to make scary faces and just being Tito generally and getting shouted at by the crowd fuck you Tito so yeah just just Tito being Tito. <laughs> um, I think I uh, what did you think of the uh, of the Douglas Lima Lawrence Larkin fight before we got on to yeah I, I, I thought Douglas Lima looked great he looked brilliant it was. Uh, it was a bit of a we talked about before the the before the fight in the podcast previous that uh, Larkin can do a lot of standing around doing nothing, but I think he was just getting he was just getting hit with punches. Just he was just getting outclassed in the striking. So he kind of he 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 his game plan was to be a bit more active, but he ended up kind of uh, he ended up just kind of waiting and um, getting picked apart basically. On uh, it wasn't it wasn't like a demolition or anything. There was no like it wasn't like. Uh, Blown away or anything, but he, he I thought he lost all the rounds, and uh, I thought Douglas Lima looked, looked brilliant. And I think it was a, it's a, it's it's kind of what Bellator hope for. I think when they bring over these guys, that they, they can prove that their guy is actually their champion is actually able to beat these guys. They don't want the UFC guys coming over and just doing what Phil Davis did and just beating other guys. Yeah, I think we spoke about it last week. I thought Lorenz Larkin would would be better in a five round fight. It it suit his style more. But he kind of, like he does in three rounds, three round fights as well. He kind of just left it too late, you know. He's he he kind of gets paralyzed in the moment in his game plan, you know. And it, it's very good. It usually keeps him very very safe early, and he's just an intelligent fighter, a safe fighter. But there's a point you have to come to where you're going to have to up it. You're going to have to put yourself, maybe not put yourself in danger, but you know, up 
up your output going forward a little bit. Maybe take one or two shots to land those, you know, those three or four that you need to do. That it, this is MMA, you know, this is a tough game. And I, you know, for for me, Lorenz Larkin, he constantly does that. I honestly, I think he's one of the best skill sets in skill sets in the world. He's a very good wrestler, you know, good striker, good leg kicks, good with his hands, powerful. But he just, Doug, as you said, Douglas Nima just outclassed him here. He, he came out and he fought his fight where Lorenz Larkin was trying to fight a defensive fight and, and a fight to stop Lima. And, you know, that's, that's very hard. We speak about it a lot in MMA. I think Dominic Cruz maybe is on the, one of the only fighters in the, in the UFC or in, in MMA in general who's been able to go and do a whole championship run as a good defensive fighter. There really aren't that many. And I think, you know, for Lorenz Larkin, it's going to be tough for him to change up his game at this stage, but um, credit definitely credit to Douglas Nima came out and wasn't, you know, sometimes a fight like that, when Larkin tries to fight like that, it can turn into two lads looking at each other for five rounds, it could have been, but uh, I thought Douglas Nima was, was very, very good and, and took the fight. I had a 48-47, but there was one or two close rounds, definitely, that, and Lima, I think, won his rounds a lot clearer as well than, uh, than Larkin did, but... Um, yeah, I suppose we better get on a bit here. Uh, we we talked about about RMP because Zach Freeman. What, what did you think of that? I think you you kind of called it. You said Zach Freeman too much uh, too much experience for an. Well, he's 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 very experienced, but I also did say that Bellator must know what they're doing here if they're yeah. if they're doing this. But obviously they they pushed him a little bit further than they should have, and Zach Freeman uh, he he <laughs> he was he was pissed off about the whole situation and. Uh, I thought he was hilarious, uh, giving out to everybody in the media, saying, oh, I'm not talking to you, you didn't interview me, or oh, you did, so I'll talk to you. That was pretty funny, it was pretty petty, but I, I, at least he stuck to his guns. I was, uh, I'd say a lot of fighters kind of get annoyed by that before the fight, and then when they win, they just kind of forget about it. I was kind of fair play to him for sticking to his guns, even if it was an angry rant. <laughs> I love people in uh oh, you call yourself an analyst and you didn't pick Zach Freeman to win. What are you talking about? Like, even though we kind of, uh, not to us now, but to other people, because we didn't really even do picks for this. But uh, I, I, those takes are some of the funniest takes in MMA for me. Like, mm. yeah, you you got, you have like a, an Olympic level wrestler who's a huge background in boxing against some guy they brought in for him to beat. Like, I know that, you know, he's a champion in another organization and stuff, but like to not pick peak on this fight. Uh, I don't think many people were doing it. Like, but in fairness, you called it out. So, but Zach Freeman well, was impressive. I, I don't know. I don't know if I did exactly. I, I yeah. Kind of. I kind of yeah. don't think I made a pick, but yeah. You, you want to give me credit for it? I'll take it. <laughs> speaking of um, speaking of taking credit for things, Michael Chandler, the gift that I robbed from someone and tweeted was like my most tweeted tweet of all time, possibly up, up there anyway. Of Michael, <laughs> of Michael Chandler, actually, Bellator. Um, <clears throat> Bellator, I put up like a video of like Michael Venom Page and Paul Daly like on my Facebook, like a five second video or something. And I got like a Viacom, take this video down thing the other day from. I was like, oh, okay, I'll just delete it. God, it's <laughs> anyway, uh, I better delete that. Back, in your, back in your <laughs> box, <Sean>. back <laughs> in your box. <laughs> they showed me. But yeah, Michael Chandler against Bryn Primus. Yeah. Um, people saying it's a disaster. I think it's actually good for the division. It, it, Michael yeah. Chandler needs people with storylines to face. And if he beats Primus in, uh, or Primus in his next. Uh, in the next in the rematch then you have a rubber match it's one all and you have another, another fight like they, they need these storylines and they need matchups for people like Chandler who have been around their division around the top of the division for years and has already fought nearly everybody around there so I think this is actually a good thing and um he can he can say oh it was a fluke or whatever even though uh even though the kick caused the damage so it was actually a legit TKO in my opinion 
Yeah, I, but, I agree hundred uh, percent. I thought the only thing was was he st- the doctor stopped or sorry the um oh, yeah, the referee he, stopped the fight to have the doctor look at him. I'm like, no, you can't. If it's a cut or something, fair enough. But when it's an injury. You stop the fight, you know that, that's it. But in the end, I think after a few minutes of deliberation, the, the right decision came. He wasn't intelligently defending himself; like he just wasn't uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, and I, I thought it was a clean win for for Bryn Bymus, to be honest. But you know, yeah, I think, I think he was intelligently defending himself, Chandler. I don't know, was he? Uh, he was. He, he like he was he was trying to swing back. He actually dropped uh, Bryn at one stage as well, and. Um, they should. I think the ref should have just let it go until the middle of the round, and then he could have, and then he could have, or t- till the end of the round, and then he could have uh, assessed it with the doctor in the corner. Then, but the ref seemed to think that you were able to take timeouts, and then he kind of realized that you weren't, and, and that the fight had to be over, and and then uh, and then like it was really bad on Chandler as well. But you you can never pass up an opportunity to pull the old steel gag. So fair play to that guy. Yeah, that was hilarious. But like for me, I thought there was one said Chandler kind of got hit and fell up against the fence and his leg gave away and then a Primus went in and hit him with like three shots and he was wide open for it. And I was like at that stage, he's not that's not an intelligent defense. Like there's a section there where he's not an intelligent defending himself. He's just getting punched open on the on you know in the head. I'm like for me when when that happens, you have to stop the fight, you know. If someone, you, there's a difference between someone taking a few shots and then covering up or something like that. But he, he, you know, his body was broken down to a point where he couldn't defend himself. So I think that's the same as an on, you know, as not being able to intelligently defend yourself. But come see, come see, it'll probably happen again. Anyway. We'll see. Yeah, it was uh, the ref. The ref uh, made a bad call, and it, it it's. Uh... Chandler can play it up as oh he just got lucky, and your man can play it up as the kick did the damage and the damage to the leg is what what ended the fight. So they can both have an argument about that and hype the fight up. And it, I think it, I think it actually worked out pretty well for for Bellator in the end. And they got they got a I didn't see Sports Center, but apparently it was the the stool gif was like played on like ESPN Sports Center and all this all this kind of all these kind of American programs. So. Yeah, hundred percent right. All publicity is good publicity, as I say. Hundred percent. What about Matt Mitrion? Do you think? And Fedor, obviously, for for a Fedor, we will get to Fedor in a second. Matt Mitrion, do you think they should put a Bellator heavyweight title on the line for his next fight? He he seems to be like someone who could be a little bit of a star for him, maybe. Yeah, I think uh, is Minakov still. He hasn't been stripped of their belt, has he, or has he? He has, yeah. There's no. He has, yeah. He's he's fighting for someone over in Russia now. They have no champion yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Um. Yeah, if, if Minakov's not coming back, they should just have a, a an augur or a, a, a fight for the for the belt, uh, the vacant belt. But if Minakov is going to come back, Minakov against Mamitrione, they need to get Minakov will probably win that fight. So they probably need to get Minakov under under a better contract where he can't just head off to Russia and have six fights. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely, I'd agree with that. Yeah, just get get someone, anyone in there really to fight him for Fedor. I don't think you can give him a Matt Mitrion again. I don't think you can give him someone good like that, you know. Just Chikongo's out there. Chael is, Chael is an Chael. option, but Chael at heavyweight? Uh, yeah. If they're making, if they're having fair or fight Dan again, Henderson, I think... Dan Henderson knocked him out yeah. at, at heavyweight. That is true, you know. That is true, but... Yeah. 206. He can put some, uh, some fucking weights in his pockets. He'd be grand. He walks around around two seventeen, doesn't he? he? Used to anyway when he was on. Yeah, the, that's perfect. When he was on the uh, the PC Carl, as I like to call him. As <laughs> 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 Siri call him, but yeah, um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that. But I, I really don't want to see Fedor fighting again. You know, getting you know sparked like that against Matt Mitchell. And I was watching a few of his, you know, his old fights before. And 
he had a legendary chin like just unbelievable all you know all on almost all the top guys do and that's just completely gone now at heavyweight that's a dangerous dangerous game to be playing but um yeah but what about Sheldon and Vanderlei kind of a boring fight I suppose it's pretty much Chael special uh close the distance get the takedown stay on top he's a little bit more aggressive in the first round than he usually is on top usually he's happy to to just throw in light shots so the ref won't stand them up but he was actually I think trying to trying to put one layer away and maybe a bit of uh the bad beef was or the bad blood was playing into that there but um yeah one lay take in defense looked, looked horrific um he's been out for so long though one lay been out for six years or something was it yeah and he even clocked jail at one stage and he was in the second round he nearly you know he nearly had him out but just kept getting taken down and taken down and it was a it was a pretty poor display by him i suppose like as as we said there to start kind of a lot of good things happen in the card a lot of bad things happen in the card overall though i think bellator should be happy with it you know it's it's kind of the fans that don't watch it every week that you want to entice and i think they will be enticed by this you know maybe their biggest stars and the guys they want to push kind of lost apart from maybe Mitrion and uh and James Gallagher and maybe better as well. Chael, uh, Chael. And Chael, yeah. But you know Chael badly needed to win like he, he just did one yeah. in ages he just lost to Tito. He needed to win. Mm, yeah, he did. But yeah, I I think overall it definitely um definitely a good night from as you said with the with the commentary and everything like that as well. Right. Yeah. Next one. Uh at MMA Fitz do you think people forgive Herb Dean for his bloopers and never forgive him. what do you sorry do you find it odd that people forgive her dean for his bloopers and never mario yamasaki obviously what he's getting at here well people is, do criticize uh, herb dean when he makes bad decisions and people say yeah, oh he's, he's not especially as you you hate him me I was ah, about poor it's, herb. it's more you isn't it no well is it me the, the, yeah uh, i like <laughs> I the, the, the dean of herb herb dean Great man, but he's what he's obviously getting out there is, is Kevin Lee against Michael Chiesa and the finish yeah, of that, which um, was absolutely made a dog's bollocks of by Mario Yamasaki. Yeah, I saw people, media and fans defending it, saying, "Oh, he was about to be out." Oh. It's like, would you be happy with if this happened in in McGregor versus Diaz or mm-hmm. in Jones versus Cormier? No, this is a disgrace. Like, uh, oh, he he looks like he might have been about to top, or he looks like he might have been about to go limp. It's like, well, he didn't. He, yeah. he might have been about to, but that's not that's not the game. The game is like, okay, I can understand. I can understand more when uh, it's ground and pound or it's it's taking too many shots because that's a brain injury. But being choked for an extra second to make sure that the guy is actually about to lose a fight is isn't that dangerous at all. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no studies to say that that's really dangerous for the brain or for anything. So, uh, it was a bad call, and people defending it just doesn't help the situation either it, it's a bad call and uh you got to feel for for kiesa having said all that i think kevin lee was going to finish the rear naked choke but we don't know for sure and we, do we lo- like i want to know for sure <laughs> yeah. and he took that away from us like you know look, you can't be sure look at justine quiche earlier in the fight the exact same thing happened against felice herrick you know she was in and yeah. just a full-on rear naked choke it out before we start the podcast, I was watching the first uh, Valentina Shevchenko and Manny Nunes fight, which we'll talk about later. The exact same thing happened in that. Her, um, she, um, Nunes had her in a rear naked choke, and her hands even went down a bit, like Kiesa's, says. And she still, she got back up. She was relaxing, and she got her hands back up and got out. It happens all the time. It's yeah. It's oh, one of the best fights ever in Irish MMA. Own Roddy versus Shannon Gugarty. Own Roddy was stuck in a rear naked choke in the first round. Looked like it was done, dusted. But he just managed to survive catch catch the odd 
breath, just give himself that little bit of space, and then he he managed to get out, and he ended up turning around and winning the fight by decision. Yeah, so, just because you you look like you're dead to rights doesn't mean you are dead to rights. You can come back and win win that fight. Frank Drake against Matthews too, one of the biggest examples. What about Neil Syria against Salander as well? It looked like he was getting choked and came back and won. Yeah, like this happened it happens literally. It happened earlier that night. Well, Kish didn't win, but she came back and got out of it. Like. You know, all the this is not an example of this is a, a 50 50 bad stoppage, good stoppage. This was a horrendous stoppage, just negligent refereeing, absolutely terrible altogether. But yeah, the fight is, uh, yeah, I thought Lee was doing a, a lot better. Look, the thing about Michael Kiesa is he, j- he, doesn't, he doesn't have the athletic ability to beat someone. He doesn't have the power to beat someone standing up, but when he gets in the grounds and scrambles like that, he's very dangerous. Like if he would have had got out of that and he was, you know, he still had his back taken on, I still wouldn't rule him out of that. Like he could have got around, maybe got the guard, didn't want to sweep or something like that. Kiss is one of those guys, you know, he can be losing, getting beat and beat and beat, and then come back and win. Yeah. You know, or, or you make a little mistake, give up your back, and he'll turn mm-hmm. the whole thing around very quickly. Yeah, yeah. that's you know. Yeah, that's always the kind of case with Kiesa. He's never gonna, you know, he's never gonna absolutely dominate someone like Kevin Lee, who's a very good athlete, very you know strong in all areas, over five rounds or, or whatever it is like that. But you know, he only needs one second, uh, and I I think he could have got that second. Obviously, I agree with you. I think Lee probably would have won it. Look very good, you know. Um, he's wrestling and he's striking as well. Still not a hundred percent convinced in him, to be honest. Especially if you're going up levels against Tabib or Magomedov and the likes. But do you think that Habib fight is is the one that makes sense next? Kevin Lee is just just below there. I think, um, if even if we credit him with the with the let's say Michael Casey did did tap and or did go out mm-hmm. unconscious. I still think he needs another one to get to that to that Tony Ferguson Khabib level. Uh, I think they deserve it more than he does. Yeah, I think it's a Marbosa said if Habib and Tony Ferguson are fighting, he wouldn't mind fighting Kevin Lee. Which I think that I think that's a good fight. I think it's a horrendous matchup for Kevin Lee. But yeah, I think know. Kevin Lee's doing a great job. Like even when Tony Ferguson was trying to give him some stick on the the post fight show, he was he. he he kind of set up a possible matchup in the future between them. Well, I think he, he understands what he's doing, and I think uh, I think he's doing a good job. I know a lot of people don't like his his stick, and a lot of it is a bit annoying. But he's getting his name out there. That like that uh, that five minute video, or whatever it was on on uh, Fox Sports, was was pretty. I sort of shared around. Like people saw that. People people be more interested in that fight now. If if. Uh, Say Khabib isn't ready to go when Ferguson needs to go, or if Khabib gets injured again, or if Tony, if Tony and Khabib is set up and either one of them gets injured or has to pull out, I think, I think Kevin Lee's position, positioned himself perfectly to to slot in there. I think he realized the mistake too of that press conference straight away. You know, dressing up like an idiot with the with the short and open and the sunglasses thing. And I think he was he's rolled it back a little bit, but just talked a whole lot of shit, which was very funny. And that's been good a lot of times. You know, I in fairness, like, like he didn't know he was a mama's boy. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was that. In fairness, that was a classic line you brought it up last week. Yeah. Yeah, very very good. Yeah, um, good. What about Justin Key shitting herself? What do you think of that? Yeah, I actually think fair fucking play to her. Uh, yeah, so do I. <laughs> I think that just shows a good level of toughness. Like uh, Tim Sylvia's allegedly done it in the past. Uh, Yo Romero's allegedly done it in the past. Like these are like nobody. Like it's not Julie a Kedzie. yeah, Julie Kedzie. Like it's not um, it's not a, a thing that doesn't happen. Like if you're getting punched in the face repeatedly or you're in a deep choke, like this can happen. Like so. Yeah, it's it's yeah. People are gonna think it's funny or whatever, and it, I suppose it kind of is. But uh, I wouldn't be like, oh, I wouldn't be like, 
hold it against her. I think it actually is. No. It's actually it's actually worked out well for her. Dana's apparently given her a secret bonus, and I think re, some some brand was it Reebok or somebody said they'd send her dude wipes. Dude wipes and said they'd send her some fucking money or whatever. So uh, yeah, she she took it like a she took it well as well. She came out and said, you know, oh, shit, happens shit happens or whatever. You know, she took it. She <laughs> she didn't deny it and try to try yeah. to lie to people. She took it on the chin and fucking fair paid her, and she fucking deserves a. Uh, she deserves the the extra money that she's getting because uh, she fought she fought till the bitter end. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind uh, when that happens to see him stop the fight for a second and maybe get a mop and come in and, and clean it up a little bit. Um, then you have people like the, the Josh Koscheck trick of like bending the rules, boy. Like he'd be shitting himself every time it starts getting fucking spicy. <laughs> get a get a fucking dose of Andrews between rounds. You shit yourself. Yeah, he's just like <laughs> squeezing one out when he's fucking got his back taken, like. <laughs> John Jones poking lads in the eyes, digging shits. I don't you want to encourage shitting. Like I just think we just leave it as <laughs> Okay, fair enough. It was disgusting, though. Like I, I, where was I? I don't know. I fell asleep. It was one of the only cars in a long time. I was dying sick, and I fell asleep. Really soft, yeah. But um, I woke up the next day, and like the first thing I saw on my phone was like Justine Key shits herself, and I was like, oh god. And I saw like the picture, and I was like, usually when that happens, you know, it's always like a small bit, and like you well remember, you could see a bit of brown, and you weren't sure. But then I watched it, and I'm like, oh, they're actually rolling around in fucking diarrhea here. Like it, this is, it got a bit disgusting, yeah. like in the end. But yeah, I, yeah. I to Eric. She tough today as well. Like she probably yeah. deserves a bit of a bonus for that as well. She needs some dude wipes as well. I think. Yeah, she she fucking <laughs> she needs a shower after that. <laughs> rolling around in fucking shit, Jesus. But yeah, yeah. great again. No, please, Harry. Uh, like Keisha's obviously, she's obviously just shown again that she's really tough. Um, and uh, Harry, is, I think we were talking about it before. She said she she wasn't doing her diet and trend and conditioning properly in the past, and she, she looks to be uh, a lot better now. She's really coming into her own, so that was another good win for her. Yeah, very good. Like improving all the time. It, it's amazing. Like some some people. Felice has been fighting off for a good while, fought a lot of uh, Muay Thai and kickboxing as well, I believe. And usually, you know, when you get to a position, maybe you stagnate a little bit like that. But in fairness, I don't know, she hasn't. She's, as you said, keep keep improving all the time, striking, looking very good. Felice Harry could be fighting for a title next year if she keeps going this way. You know, she's very, very, you know, very good. I can't say I know. And I rate Keish as well. I think Keish is a, is a very good fighter. You know, a lot of injuries and stuff have harmed her as well over the last while. But, um, yeah, I yeah. think uh, I think she has a future in the UFC as well. What about Johnny Hendricks? Like, what the fuck can you do with this guy? He's he can't make way to middleweight now. Uh, it's it's not a problem with it. With his, I, I think we all. I think I said before that he that he's not a big welterweight and he could pop, probably make fucking one fifty five if he really I, wanted to. I asked someone. I asked uh, a professional in that area. Do do you think Johnny Hendricks even fucking months ago could could he make one fifty five? And he goes, it'd probably be a big cut, but with his body frame, he could. Yeah, like, and he's missing away the fucking. Like, I, I, I think we 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 kind of suspected that it wasn't a wasn't a size problem at welterweight that it was more a discipline problem and uh, um and not... too heavy, Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, the, the prophet that is Nick Diaz has seen that coming, and uh, he's, uh, it's a uh, it's a bad luck missing weight uh, at the the weight class fifteen pounds above your your supposed natural weight class. And then going out there and looking, looking terrible, looking really bad. Off, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah just looking though. terrible, looking like a shadow yeah. of myself. The guy who was knocking everybody out in the first round and then beat GSP, got screwed on the decision in, in most people's minds, um, and then just fell off a cliff. 
Yeah, I think they'd be better off letting him go at this stage. Bellator will probably pick him up, you know, fight a 205 for them against Ryan Bader. I'd watch that. That'd be a good fight. He'd be the next uh, Rumble Johnson. It'd be a heavyweight before we know it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Fader against Arlovsky and, and Bellator. Yeah. Anything else on that undercard? What, oh, BJ Payne, I nearly forgot about BJ. Oh. How, how depressing was that? Just... Oh, and what made it worse is he gave people a little bit of hope. Because yeah. He actually used his job. Like I said, he... His, gonna win he was gonna use his job and set stuff off that and he actually did that and he still couldn't win like he dropped him and he he didn't even have the energy to to do anything from side control he seemed happy enough to rest there on top and take the round and bj used to be a finisher and he, mm-hmm. he, in the third round like he just looked it was just sad i know uh, it, it it was even more sad than when he got this shit kicked out of him by uh by yeah. frank yeager and yeah rodriguez because it's Dennis Seaver. Like Dennis Seaver is like like an old veteran as well. Like back in BJ Penn's heyday, when he's at the top, would have been would have been ran over with, with ease by BJ Penn without even training properly. Like, but nowadays he's just done. He just done. This this is no. This is. Um, uh, I thought for a second they might they might give him the decision, and I was I was just hoping they wouldn't, so that he doesn't get any delusions that he actually won that fight and continue on. Hopefully. People around him just tell him here, mate. Like, just please, just stop this. He doesn't seem to have those sort of people around him now. No. He's meant to be from a rich family, and you know? I haven't looked into this myself, but I've heard this over the years that he's from a rich family, and he doesn't exactly need the money. It's more of a just keeping himself occupied. So um, he just needs to. Maybe they should give him an analyst job, doing flying over to to events every week, so he keeps himself busy. Yeah. Open a juice shop. You think he has a, he has his own. Ju- he has his own gym and also like it's tough it's tough to tell people to retire especially legends like bj who probably haven't made as much money as they did anywhere near what they should have and they're trying to make some money now but in bj's case it doesn't seem to be a, a money a money issue it just seems to be a he wants to compete issue and somebody's got to tell him that here you're not able to compete anymore and you're just doing yourself horrendous damage and you're making everybody fucking sad <laughs> the, thing is, the thing is, even we talked about Fedor, like, if you get Fedor Chels on him, there's, you know, there's a good chance he could win that fight. You know, he might get taken out and he's going to get beaten. You know, I think Fedor probably win. But, like, who could you give BJ Pin that he can beat? If he can't beat Dennis Eber, like, who's he beating? Uh, like, yeah. People are talking about Artem. I think Artem would beat BJ Pin at this, this stage. And, you know. Yeah. Artem would beat him, yeah. On, I think so. Yeah. And, uh, what are I was thinking your man, you know, who Artem beat the Diaz. The Diaz. Um, yeah, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Chris, Chris Avia. Um, Chris Avia, like, yeah. he, 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 he got bear, dropped as well. He bear, he bear the possibility of uh, Chris Avia beating BJ Penn. Is that Imagine, even, like, he's one of the worst in? fighters that's ever come out of the UFC. Like, people, some people are saying CM Punk. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Imagine BJ, BJ Penn yeah. shit out of CM Punk. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, but, but, uh, yeah, but what does that do for CM Punk? This, this is going to be happening more and more with, with guys that people have idolized over the years. It's going to be more and more of them retiring. Uh, as time goes on, and there's going to be more and more of them coming in looking crap like this. Like it happened with Chuck Liddell and uh, years ago, and, and a couple of the legends like Matt Hughes and stuff. But even like even like Matt Hughes and Chuck Liddell, they're always hinting here and there, coming back, and you know these guys just can't let it go. <clears throat> somebody's got to let make the decision for these guys. Like somebody's got to sit them down and make make sure they 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 don't fight again because these guys are just. They're fighters, like it's in their blood. It's all they know, and they need guidance. They need to get out while they still have their fucking yeah. brain cells. Like that's the most Maybe. important thing. Like it's 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 it, like 
people say, oh, don't tell people to retire and all that stuff, but retire definitely retire be. yeah but you need to retire like somebody like if nobody's going to say it if everybody's going to be like oh don't tell guys to retire then these guys aren't, aren't going to get told when it's time to retire so mm, I agree. they need to fucking you need to retire and uh, i think as you were saying with fedor uh, i think he could fight on because there's matchups like chael who's a wrestler who doesn't really knock people out who's, who's lighter than him that they can put together select matches like select yeah. matches but as we're saying there's not even with the select matches you run out of, you, you put him in there against cm punk you beat cm punk what do you do with him then yeah yeah, it's a sad situation. Like, and it's people in current who are encouraging this. Like, you know, I remember Dana White, and he was on. Remember when he was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and this was about fucking four years ago. He said, "I don't want to make the sort of money you make out of promoting G- B Japan," and he's yeah. still promoting him. Like, and that was fucking four years ago. Like, come on, there, there's a time, and I know if he doesn't, someone else will, and B J will come back again. But I hope, as you said, I hope someone can take him aside or he can just realize himself that it's he can't do this anymore. He's going to have to find something. Because, yeah, like, with Dana, he can't just be like, you're retired, that's the end of it. You're not fighting. Because he has a contract with him and he owes him fights within a certain amount of years. So he has to get the agreement of him or else BJ can just go off to Bellator, he can go off to 1FC, he can go where the fuck he, wherever the fuck he wants. So mm-hmm. uh, he, he needs, like, if Dana White tells you to retire, you're going to be like, fuck this guy. But if somebody close to you, like your brother or your your mother or your whole family, like tell you to retire, maybe maybe that's what it's going to take for these for these guys that are fighting on too long. They just need to be. Everybody needs to to get some tough love going and force them into retirement. Why don't they like? Why don't the UFC put a couple of these guys, like older guys, like BJ, into like the EBI? In like they that's on. Um... On Fight Pass now. Imagine if B J Pin was on one of them. You get people signing up to Fight Pass just to watch that. Like put him in one against one of the good new young lads in. in he get destroyed yeah. though, wouldn't he? But maybe he wouldn't. I put him in against an older. I put him against fucking Kenny Florian or yeah. something like that. Or, like like know. the like the 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 Gracie versus Bravo uh, yeah. Eddie Bravo. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was brilliant. Like see, yeah. you just have like, a guy the same age as you, or like if you if you're if you're an old guy, you get an old guy. Like if you put him in if B J in against one of these new. These new prodigy guys, he's just gonna get he's gonna get embarrassed, and he's not gonna want to yeah. do that. I don't think. Yeah, but he, yeah, there's definitely matchups there. You, you could like he could do that fucking three times a year. Like it just you obviously you couldn't give him as much money for that as well. But like, but that's something you can promote a lot and, and do. Just you know, that's that's like something they could do. Huh? Like people get right up for these matches and chill son and thing, but like it costs twenty euro a month, like or, or whatever it is, and nobody's paying for that. Let's be honest to to watch that. But I, most people have five pass already or sign up. What it's it's only like seven euro a month if you do it over a year with uh in Ireland and things like that. So uh, something like that is like is something what PJ should be doing. But yeah. definitely, and then, and then you can do that, and then you could go be a commentator for for like you know uh, EFN or Global Fight Nights or. Uh, Anywhere, like you know, he could be a commentator for for World Series of, or what are they called, for, uh, Professional Fighters League. Or I'm sure, like I'm sure they'd love to have him on their program as a as a commentator or an analyst. If even if the UFC don't have a space for him, would do you, if he if he came to the UFC asking for a space as an analyst, they'd probably give it to him. Yeah, maybe. Right, let's move on. We've a lot more occupied. It's basically. Definitely, definitely. Dominic Ray as well, very impressive. Clay Guida had a good win over Gurns, Eric Coke. Carla Sparza looked back to her wrestling best against Mariner Moreau was good. And Darrell Archer as well came back after a horrendous uh, motorcycle accident, I believe it was, to win over Devin Powell. Impressive again. Right, let's move on. Next question from uh, our boy Emma McLean. Three, F- three UFCs in a row this weekend. Well, three? Two, wouldn't it? Is there three? What's the third one? I suppose the Dana White um, contender series he's talking about, is he? Will he sit up for them or tape a couple and watch them live? Right, let's get into these. Um, these I'm, actually, 
I'm gonna oh, be. I usually, usually yeah. stay up from Austin all like, uh, uh, but I'm gonna be at a wedding in France, so I'm. I'm not sure what the situation. I'll probably be very, very drunk, and I'm not sure what the internet situation is gonna be and all that. But if it's possible to watch them, I'll, I'll watch them. But uh, I might have to. I might have to pull them up and fight pass afterwards and skip through all the the, the wasting time in the middle. Yeah, just two pretty good cards here. Just looking at it, like Tisha Torres, Juliana Lima, and Graham or Teruth Oishihara on the. The first card, the fight pass prelims, two good fights there. You know, Jess Guy's coming back, CB Dollar against Ed Herman, probably be a bit of fun. Angela Lee's back as well. You know, Brad Tavares against Elias Teodoro, the Twitter darling himself, Steve Boss against Jared Cannonier. Some good fights. And that's before you get to the tough finale. Diego Lima's and I'm not sure who the other one is yet. You've Mark Diacasey as well against Dakar Close, Michael Johnson and Justin Gitch, obviously, the main event. What about Mark Diacasey, though? That man is a future UFC champion, isn't he? Yeah, I think he I think he well could be. Um Jack Hazy. Uh he's fighting another undefeated guy here in Close, but uh I, I think uh, it should be it should be uh, another another nice win for Jacasey uh on the feet. I think I think it'd probably be a first round. But I think people underestimate uh Jacasey's ground game and his wrestling. He actually started off as a as a wrestler and that was his style for years until until he started getting knockouts at the end of his end of his Bama run. So I think uh I think people think, oh, maybe if he if uh, if he runs into a to a top caliber wrestler, he might be in trouble. But I don't. I think they're underestimating his ground game. And I think if he does get into trouble on the feet against anybody, I think he can initiate the ground and uh, and win that way as well. Like he's done that in the past against people like Jack McGann, um, who's obviously a very tough guy as well in the local scene. So I think uh, I think he's got he's got he's got skills everywhere, and he seems to be improving massively fight to fight. Especially since he went over to uh, ATT, uh, he seems to have gotten a lot better, and he seems he seems to be really full of confidence. Like he, a lot of fighters are, are have a lot of confidence, but when you talk to Jacasey, he's he's serious self belief. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I rate him highly. I think Drakkar Klaus is a good fight as well. I think you know maybe he's not as known as JKC. Um and you know he's one of the up and comers as well. That should be a good fight, but I definitely fancy Diagasi uh, in that one. Uh, the main event then Michael Johnson against Justin Gaethje. I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and you know I was watching I was watching a Gaethje fight there last night against um, uh, Luis Palom, and he's he's so open that he creates a lot of chances for himself. He's like I was talking about Lorenz Larkin earlier on. He's like the polar opposite to Lorenz Larkin. You know he's so open that he creates chances for himself and chances for his opponent. You know throwing cartwheel kicks, going for huge takedowns, just weeping in shots with you know both hands getting caught, getting bloodied up, but coming back and almost always winning. The thing about that is he was doing it against very very weak opposition in World Series of fighting. You know for for the last few years, he's coming in against someone you know who was good. You know, he's knocked out Dustin Poirier in, in you know in short order. You know, who the best person on Gaethje's record, you know, is probably Nick Newell or Melvin Gillard, who was way past his time. You know, uh, it, it, I think it's going to be tough for Gaethje. You know, I rate Gaethje. I think he's a very good fighter. I think he's one of the most exciting fighters you'll have ever seen in the UFC. But I think Johnson might be just too skilled for him. Yeah, it's actually a tough one. I was kind of leaning more towards Johnson far out, but the more the closer it gets, um. Just being seventeen and oh, never having lost. I think guys have a serious amount of momentum and belief in themselves, and they they, they kind of. He seems to be pretty confident going into this, um, but as you say, he's he hasn't fought anybody near the level of the guys that Johnson has been fighting. Like Johnson, Johnson may have what's he have? He have ten to twelve losses, something like that. He has he has double digit <clears throat> losses, Johnson, but 
lot of them were earlier in his career or, or to really top guys in the in the UFC. So uh, I'd have to I'd have to lean with Johnson in this one. But Gaethje is is as you say he's 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 wide open, but he's dangerous on the he's dangerous on the feet. He's but he's wide open. So it's somebody's probably going down in this fight. He, he's willing to exchange as well. Like he's he, he kind of said himself. He's like uh, somebody's getting knocked out in this one. You know you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to put me away to stop me, like I'm coming for you, kind of thing. And I think he actually—I don't think that's all bluster and all hype before yeah. the fight, trying to get in his head. I think that's that's the way he fights, and that's the way he will fight here. But yeah. I think I think Johnson will have too much for him, and he'll be able to he'll be able to um, to edge out edge out rounds, and maybe even uh, in the later rounds, I think um, he might be able to put him, put put Gagey away by TKO, and maybe the fourth or the fifth. Johnson's gonna eat his shit whole. That's what he's gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I think like I think Justy's actually Justy Justin Gaethje is a very good Justy. I like that nickname. There you go, patent pending. I think he's a very good wrestler as well. And Michael Johnson has had huge problems in the past at wrestling. Reza Madadi absolutely destroyed him wrestling him, and he's had it against Habib as well. Got absolutely destroyed. Justin Gaethje maybe. Maybe he doesn't come out balls out like he usually does. Maybe he does take him down. Maybe he wrestles him for a bit. That's a way I could definitely see him winning the fight if he did that. But as you say, I don't think he's going to do that. I think he's going to come out reckless like he always does. And I think he's going to get knocked out in the first round. There you go. Boom. You think Gage is going to knock it in the first round? Yeah, I think Michael yeah. Johnson's going to win the first round knockout. Yeah. So that should be fun. Right, let's move on to UFC 213 because we're going to be here all day if we don't. Yeah. Um... Not a not a bad card. Um, the the Ezekiel Choke Master Alexi Olnik is fighting Travis Brown in the pick of the of the undercard, uh, undercard fights. Travis Brown will more than likely win that unless uh, unless he gets a takedown. <laughs> <laughs> so that should be fun. Yeah, Pettis Travis can... Brown though, fucking I don't know. You never know what Travis Brown these days. He looks horrific half the time. Um, and if it does hit the ground, uh, surely. Uh, all in will win, but but yeah, as you say, if, if Travis Brown fights smart and to a, a good game plan, he should be able to to win this. I think uh, All in doesn't have the greatest gas uh, in the world. It's kind of it's Travis Brown's fight to lose, I think. But he's been known to to lose a few fights that have been uh, have been stylistically in his favor. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, then onto the main card of Anthony Pettis against. Uh, against Jim Miller. Pettis has won his last, the last three fights he's won have all been by submission. So like, Jim Miller's the type of guy who will probably go for a few takedowns and Anthony Miller's, I have a feeling Pettis is going to guillotine him or something in this fight. Yeah, it could happen and Nate Diaz guillotined him with his tongue stuck out. <laughs> that was uh, pretty nasty. Um, yeah, Jim Miller, I think he's a bit over the hill. Um, I think I think Pettis is, is definitely not at his best, but I think uh, He's not as shop worn as uh, as Jim Miller is, and I think uh, Pettis is just uh, a much better mixed martial artist. Um, so I think I think he'll win. Uh, yeah, as you say, he'll probably win both on the feet and on the ground. Where wherever it ends up, he'll probably he'll probably get the finish. Yeah, Pettis was talking to Niall, obviously, and talking broad last week. If you haven't heard it, go and check it out. And uh, one thing he said is, like, you know, he's still improving and things like that, but Pettis hasn't been improving. He, his game has stagnated. He, like, he's a, his movement has improved improved a little bit, and his footwork, because it was so bad before that it kind of had to, he was winning everything on kind of one-shot knockouts, good takedown defense, and, you know, being good everywhere. But, you know, I say it all the time about Pettis. 
he, he is good everywhere, but that kind of harms him. You know, guys use some of their games to take it where to where they're best at, where Pettis won't do that. He'll fight everywhere, and that's why he has lots of submissions as well as knockouts. He's actually more submissions than he has knockouts, and that can play against him. I think Pettis needs, you know, I'm not sure is, is Duke Rufus the best camp for him. I think if he went to somewhere like an ATP or somewhere like that, where he got better game plans, you know, where he utilizes elite striking, he could be a lot better. But against Jim Miller... Yeah, as you said, I think he's a better striker, better on the ground as well, probably uh, in the submission department anyway. So um, I think he should win. But if that goes into a war, turns into a war, which it can happen in Pettis fight sometimes, Jim Miller, he's more of a, you know, he's, he could be better in a war like that. So I wouldn't rule Miller out, but yeah, I definitely favor, uh, favor Pettis. What about Ver- Verdum against Overeem? They're fighting for the third time, first in pride. Yeah. Terrible fight in Triforce, and now finally in the UFC. Yeah. In fairness to the second fight, I think uh, Verdun blew out his knee in in the middle of the fight and kind of really? couldn't. Never, yeah. yeah, apparently, yeah, and he, he, that's why he was kind of lying on the ground trying to lure over him in. He, he just he because he was actually winning the striking uh, Verdun at the start of the fight, but then just sort of flopping to his back, um, trying to trying to invite Verdun in, or trying to invite over him into his guard. Come into my game. Um, yeah, I think over him is fighting much smarter and much more disciplined since. Um, since he moved camps and since he settled in a camp for probably the first time since he was with Baz Rutten. Um, and I think it suited him. Uh, he's not going out there and trying to kill the guy in the first two minutes. If it doesn't work, he's just going to give up. I think nowadays he paces himself and he uses his, he has a really good technique in striking for, for a heavyweight. Like he, for a bit, the bigger guy, he is, he is a very good striker. Like he did win the K1, uh, heavyweight Grand Prix. And, um, I think, I think the, that over him, he's been submitted before by by Verdun, so he knows how dangerous he is on the ground, and he'll stay away from that. I'd say he'll probably win the decision. Yeah, you just never know at Verdun. He's one of those sneaky bastards. Like he could take one shot, go down to his back, and then over him, come down try to finish him, he get triangled, or like he could throw a flying knee and knock him out, like he did against Mark Hunt when you know, and he's getting pieced up on the feet, you know. Yeah. But you know, it, it's a tough fight for over him. If this was five rounds, I probably pick Verdun because I think he could land one in there. But over him could land as well, I suppose. Yeah. I'm I think 50, a lot of, of Verdun's game is pretending he's more hurt than he is and going 100%. to his back. Mm-hmm. And I think Overeem knows about that now because he got caught like that before and he, and he was very wary of it in the second fight. Yeah. And I think he's going to stay away from that. And I think a lot of uh, a lot of the good work that Verdun does on the ground comes from situations like that. I think Fedor thought he had him rocked as well mm-hmm. when he beat him. And it's just known to do that and uh, just overplay his, his uh, rockness or his, how hard the, the shot landed. In order to just create, get to the get to the grand greatest scrambler submission. So, that's some good I think Overeem, Overeem with his good uh, with his good game planning these days is gonna is gonna pace himself and uh, just edge out the rounds on the feet. Yeah, right. The two men fights in. We've quarter plays before that as well. A pretty good, a pretty good uh, prospect there in the heavyweight division. Check that out. But Yoel Romero against Robert Whitaker. This is uh, I mentioned it there earlier on. I think it's. It really is this explosive guy who can knock your head off in any second. A little bit like Verdun, but in a in a different sort of way. I think that's all of kind of Romero's game. He's a guy who obviously a high high level Olympic wrestling caliber could be gone out there taking lads down, but doesn't do it as much. He just waits for that opportunity because he knows he has the speed, the power, the athleticism to knock guys out. And he waits and waits and waits till he does that. Whereas Robert Whitaker is the exact opposite. He's from kind of the Max Holloway brand for me, striking output, precision, you know. Just very, very good in the feet, throwing leg kicks, very good takedown defense. It's a t- this is a very tough one for me to pick as well. Would you agree or have you a clear view on it? 
Yeah, it's very tough. It's very tough, but just the way Robert Whitaker's been looking recently, uh, and the Adriel Romero, and just I know Styles make fights and MMA math and all that, but just the way he looked against uh, Jacare in comparison, like Yo Romero and Jacare was very close fight, like very very close, and Whitaker just fucking destroyed Jacare, like mm-hmm. Jacare, like you know Jacare. I think probably ninety percent of people were picking Jacare to win that fight. He just got annihilated, and I think. Uh, Whitaker's just taking it to another level. He's he's very confident in his game now. He's worked out his, his takedown defense. Even when he did get taken down for a second, he he didn't panic. He got straight back up and started. He's so unorthodox as well. Like you know, it's hard to train for somebody like Whitaker. Um, and he's fat. He's fast for the weight as well because he's he's not the biggest. He's not the biggest middleweight. Like I'd probably lean Whitaker here, but as you say, like Yo Romero is a fucking tank and uh, if he gets on top and starts landing ground and pound on you it can it, you know one of them shots can change the whole the whole fight but i think uh i think whitaker will be too fast for him already on the feet and land a few strikes from from strange angles and frustrate yellow marrow a bit and i think yellow marrow doesn't go to his grappling quick enough in fights yeah. that he's losing on the feet and i think that's going to cost him here i'm picking whitaker as well but i'm not sure who the five rounds actually suits because you just looking at Yoel you know he's carrying a lot of muscle huge guy for the weight and you think you know when it goes into the third fourth fifth round that's going to hurt him but then he has like five third round finishes in his last seven fights so like you know is that an actual thing I'm not I'm not too sure like Whitaker looks like a guy who is really good cardio and stuff but he has been knocked up before you know he was violently knocked up by Wonderboy Thompson uh, Yoel Romero is a better athlete than him probably hits a lot harder than him as well I know Whitaker was cutting cutting weight to get down to 170 probably struggling there as well but yeah the speed you know, of the strikes from Wonderboy would be a lot quicker though than, than Yoel Romero strikes they would yeah they would but yeah I, I'm, I'm very I think Whitaker is a different fighter since then he seems to have yeah oh, definitely yeah, yeah but I, I'm talking about kind of the chain and stuff as well but yeah I think I'll pick Whitaker as well I, I don't know. I know I did it with Kiesa and stuff, but I don't often pick the guy who can kind of win one way, you know, win or not just win one way, but like win one second of the fight and take it. Sometimes there's like specialists like that. Maybe McGregor, not really, because he wins large portions, but Pettis can be like that sometimes. Romero is definitely like that. You know, we saw him against Weidman. He won one round, but Weidman seemed to be coming back into it and didn't bang, fight over, you know. Alexi Alnick even is, is a little bit like them. He can be getting taken down, destroyed, and he fucking Ezekiel shock you. You know, so it's very hard to roll the out. Newly un, the, new, the newly unretired Derek Lewis is a good example. Mm-hmm, yeah, great man. I have a few questions about that, which we'll get to. So we're both going with it or that, right? Main event, <clears throat> Amanda Nunes against Valentina Shevchenko. I was watching their first fight in this uh, earlier on, and at cardio issues again are, uh, are, could be a thing here for Amanda Nunes. She was absolutely destroyed in the third round of that fight she's come out since that said that she kind of realized that and has approved she hasn't gone to the five rounds i don't think since that anyway she's in, she, her last two fights have finished kind of inside you know inside of three or four minutes both of them she knocked obviously under obviously out inside what a minute and a half but um yeah uh, that first fight i think it's going to be very very similar again shishinko is the sort of person who knows Nunes has the power to hurt her. She knows he's, she's really, really athletic. But she knows as well that she has, I think, the better technique, the, better, the crisper technique, the better cardio. I think she'll wait and wait and wait and play the waiting game again. If that last fight was five rounds, Shevchenko more than likely would have won it. But and Nunes will always be dangerous early. I, I'm very fascinated by this fight. I think it's like Shevchenko is is re- so good on the inside that she can kind of afford to wait for someone to come in and have almost no output to wait for someone to come in so she can counter him, hit him with that, you know, that le- that uh, obviously backhand, left-handed, southpaw. 
very, very dangerous. But Nunes is going to be dangerous as well early. How, how do you see it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a very, very good fight. It's a very, it's a very hard one to pick. It was so close uh, um, in the in the three round fight they had a, a few years ago, and uh, as you say, Amanda Nunes is very, very dangerous early. But mm -hmm. she kind of goes balls out, and then she kind of her cardio. It, it, she uses a bit too much energy. <laughs> if she doesn't get the finish, she's kind of she is four rounds to go in in a, in a in a in a title fight and that could cause her trouble against a, a superior i think uh shevchenko has a superior technique uh in the striking um she's horrendous and, on the ground though she is, is absolutely she? I, don't, I don't think she is horrendous well noon has absolutely destroyed her on the ground in the first fight but, but she she beat Pena on the ground didn't she she, she yeah. finished Pena. i suppose i don't think she's that bad but i i think um I think Nunes like early is gonna is gonna use her like athleticism and her aggressiveness to to put it put it to Shevchenko. But if Shevchenko can survive that, I think she's she probably she might lose the first two rounds and win the, the last three. It's probably it's probably gonna come down to a to, to a really close third round. And I think uh, I think I'm gonna have to go with Shevchenko. I just have I just think I think um, I think she's gonna be able to weather the, the early storm because um, she's she's fought Manny Nunes before. Uh, she knows what's coming and. Um, I think she'll take she'll take confidence from the fact that she was uh, she was dominating the fight when when the the final bell went uh, mm -hmm. the last fight as well. This is a funny one because I think Amanda Nunes is the most talented fighter all round in that division. Now I, I think Shevchenko has a better uh, striking technique, but I think all round Nunes is definitely the the best fighter in that division. But and she beat Shevchenko in the first fight, but I still think I still think Shevchenko is a bad matchup for her. And I'm picking Shevchenko to win, but just barely. A lot of these fights on this card are very, very close, uh, close fights, and it's definitely one worth watching. Maybe not doesn't have the great name value um, that you would like. As I think Arian made a great joke that um, UFC two <coughs> UFC two fourteen is the real UFC two two thirteen. Getting at the whole, uh, remember the UFC two hundred two was the real UFC two hundred. So uh, that was a that was a nice one. But yeah, I, th I think it's a not a bad card, and uh, should be a good week in the fights. Anyway, right, let's get to. Our last long question before we get into loads of short ones. Andy Stevenson, Andy Steve, one, two, three. Which fighters, my voice is going, which fighter slash technique should fans specifically look for at Bama 30, specifically in the Honey Badger's uh, return? What about the Honey Badger? He's fighting. Yeah, um, he's fighting. Uh, he was meant to fight uh, Miles Price, but Miles Price got injured in the uh, Irish Jiu Jitsu Open. Uh, he's gas him off. He's fighting. Yeah, so yeah, so he's uh, gas him off is uh, three and one. Uh, so. Uh, I think um, it's a, it's a it's a nice it's a nice fight for for Phil just on paper. I I don't know much about uh, anything at all about Gasimov really to be honest. Bar his looking at his record on on the internet, but uh, I think Phil Muppeter is actually uh, a really really good fighter. He's he's really well rounded. He's an absolute beast at uh, takedowns on on top, and he's an absolute warrior on the feet. He 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 may not have like the crispest snappiest punches on the feet but he'll come forward and put the pressure on people and just break them and uh i think um i think he's been very unlucky over the last few years i think if things had gone differently we we might be talking about him being on, either on the verge of the ufc or already in the ufc by now if uh if things had gone a little differently in the last three or four years from yeah. um 100%. so i think um, i think he's definitely one to watch um definitely uh Fidipe is making his return as well henry Fidipe. yeah he's uh, he's uh, pascu from spg isn't he yeah yeah Fidipe was uh he was training in ryushin for years with uh io daily and uh the lads of mma lucan and uh he moved to team rhino but it, it, i don't think i don't think he quite has 
uh, the work ethic that uh, that a lot of fighters have. He's he's kind of going on natural ability a bit a bit more than other fighters. Like some of the fights that he that he won, he he might he might have um, he might he mightn't have trained properly for and stuff. So now that he's that that he's has, has his own uh, Henry has his own gym that he's training in. I'd, I'd be a bit wary of how much actual training he's doing if he doesn't have somebody like Andy Ryan on his back trying to make sure he's in the gym. So. There's definitely something to watch out for there, but he has a way of win, winning fights uh, that he hasn't even trained for anyway. So, um, yeah, yeah. Let, we'll run through the card here. Um, Chris Stringer is back in, in obviously the swing boat to have it here. So, after he uh, lost to Paul Redmond a while back, good to see him back. Brendan Driscoll against Harry Hardwick as well should be a good fight. Yeah. Steve Owens there is a couple of a couple of big knockout wins, isn't he? In his first couple of fights or finishes anyway. Yeah, yeah. And um, he could be another one looking good. Decky Dalton back. Always fun to watch Decky Dalton against uh, Mick Brennan there. Ben Forsyth, good. You interviewed him there during the week. He's back as well. Uh, and uh, as well as uh, as Kiefer Crosby, what, what do you think Kiefer? He's two and zero. He was he was lit up in that interview with you. He looks like he's he means business here, and he's gone out for a big finish early. Yeah, he yeah he's looked really good since he's turned pro, especially. Um, he, he was kind of known as a striker, but in his, in his last fight to uh, Bama as well, he uh, he got a triangle off his back and some elbows, and uh, got the got the submission that way. So he's he's developing all the time. Like I think, you know. People see these guys, these young guys losing an amateur, and they think, "Oh, this guy is never going anywhere." Mm-hmm. But amateur is how you how you you learn all these. You when learn, learn, the, when yeah, learn. Yeah, it is. It's it's like you you want to you want to make your mistakes while you're amateur before you turn pro, and nobody cares about your amateur record once you, once you turn pro. So, like, you could have you could have five losses at amateur, and once you turn pro, your record's clean and. People are seem to be in a rush to turn pro, but the best way to do it is to have eight, eight to ten amateur amateur bouts and work out all the the kinks and the holes in your game, and and then when you're ready to turn pro, turn pro because your 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 early pro record is very important. Like if you lose your your first pro fight or your second pro fight as well, you're you're one hour or you're zero and one or two and or zero and two, and you're you're fighting uphill for the rest of your career. Yeah. So it's yeah, um, I think people kind of uh, need to um need to kind of write off the, the, the amateur losses that have happened uh, when these guys are in the infancy of their careers. Yeah, Richard Kiley as well having his second fight. PT interviewed him for Severe there a couple of weeks ago. Check that out. Another confident guy who's, you know, hits very hard. He'd definitely want to be watching uh, Fabian Edwards yeah. fighting uh, Aaron Kennedy. What about uh, Richie Smollett? Yeah, against, Fabian uh, Edwards, I think, is, is, is one to watch. Yeah. I think he's going to be brother. really, really good. He's the brother of Leon Edwards, who's a UFC welterweight. And I think uh, I think, I think think Fabian might end up being... being <laughs> he might end up being the better of the two brothers if mm-hmm. if, if his uh, ten and zero amateur career and his the start to his pro career are to, is to continue. So I think he's definitely one to watch for for uh, Irish fans, even though he's not not Irish. What about Richie Smollett against Reese McKee? That's that's a fight. Yeah, that, this is it's an unbelievable. I don't think you would have seen that. Maybe in, uh, you might see that in other countries. You maybe wouldn't see it a few other you know a few years ago. Even maybe like the two of the top prospects in Ireland going against each other. I see John Kavanagh. Someone asked him what's the best best, best bet on this card and he says Richie Richie Smullen, which that might be a bit of a ball pick seeing how good Reese McKee is. I know he lost yeah. his last fight and stuff, but two very good fighters. Yeah, and Richie Smullen is so crafty on the ground, his leg locks, his chokes, especially his leg locks though, and 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 people who are vicious at leg locks, it's 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 um People who who are especially spe- like his regular like Kusumal Paul Harris and like Dean Lister in the past, like these guys, they just they don't even need to get the takedown. They just need to get in close to you and pull guard and get under you and get these leg locks. And 
you're in deep shit. Like so, I think I think uh, Reese McKee is definitely going to have the advantage on the feet. He's going to be longer, but I think if it goes to the ground for any any length of time, I think Smullen will get the finish. So this is this is so hard to know with these with these, with these kind of one realm is is a big advantage for the other guy and then the other realm of the of the bout is uh, a big advantage for for smullen so it's a really really good fight and i think it's uh i think it's yeah it's definitely one of the one of the best fights on the card if not the best yeah. uh ryan Cartistin is fighting for the lonzel european flyaway title as, as it's being called now ryan Cortes for me is one of the top three or four prospects in Ireland, arguably the top prospect in Ireland. You know, there's a lot of good guys there at the moment, but obviously fighting under the tutelage of Owen Roddy, who's one of the best coaches in the world uh, at the moment, you could argue. Um, and, you know, he's really, he's, you know, he's top guy. You know, he big a big uh, reputation as a big striker with knockout power for flyweight. And then he comes out in his last fight and he takes the guy down, grinds him out, showing the diversity. You talked about the AKC earlier on, similar sort of thing, you know, can show that wrestling, can show, show that striking. And that's that's the sign of a very, very good fighter. This is obviously another tough, tough test for him here, seven and four, Daniel Barris. You know, I, I fancy Ryan Curtis. I, I said at the start of the year he could get into the UFC this year. Maybe he's had a few injuries and stuff. He had to pull out of uh, the last Bama card as well. Maybe if he had been maybe to 6 7 and all by the end of the year, that would be a possibility. But now 4 0. That flyweight division now is very light. There are many people there with a win here. You could see the UFC signing him, you know, maybe one more before the year's out. And, and if he's 6 and all, you know, the UFC will definitely be looking for him. But this is a huge fight for him, isn't it? Yeah, if they don't sell the division to somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I think Ryan. Um, he, he took a big step up in in uh, experience in his last in his last fight, and he came through easily. He, as you say, he won, he was able to take him down and get on top and and win rounds that way. But he also won. I thought he won the striking and as well. He just he showed uh, he showed a, a lot to his game. He showed he had the cardio to, to go to go the distance. He showed he had the striking game. He showed he had the grappling. Um, so yeah, he showed a lot in that fight. And I think uh, uh, Daniel Barres is is. Uh, Eleven fights or twelve fights into his career, so he's he's more experienced than Ryan as well. But I, I don't think that's going to play much of a a part. And I think Ryan's going. Uh, I think Ryan's like uh, as you say, one of the best prospects in the country. And I think he's just going to be uh, too much class uh, everywhere. And I think he's going to uh, he's going to win uh, by probably knockout. Yeah, nice looking forward to Robson Clearings, Paul Redman. Good to see Reds are back. Obviously, yeah. a very very close fight with Norman Park last time out. A lot of people thought he could have got the win. You know, I think it was 50-50. Even Norman said, you know, could have gone either way. I think Paul said the same. But Chris Sinclair, I think that's probably a better matchup for, uh, Sinclair, for yeah, Reds. Yeah. Or, or, what did I call him? Rob Sinclair. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a Chris. <laughs> Chris. Chris? How did I call him Chris? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, think oh, I was is. thinking of Chris Stringer. That's what, yeah, probably. Go on, anyway. What do you, what do you think of that one? Yeah, I think, uh, I, think, uh, I think this is Redzer's fight. I think uh, he's going to be able to get the takedowns and get on top. And I think Redzer's striking, uh, his boxing especially, is the best it's ever been by, by a good bit, by a mile. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he showed that against Norman Park. And I think uh, I think Redzer's going to be able to put on a high intensity high paced uh boxing slash uh top heavy grappling uh display and uh, win every round here yeah and then the main event um alan philpot is coming in against shea walsh for the uh i believe it's for the bantamweight title isn't it the, the bama bantamweight title world world title even Graham. um yeah what do you think of that one philpot has been improving an awful lot gave you know gave tom duke a pretty tough fight last time out coming in here against uh shea walsh who we've known you know we've seen fighting um you know, for a long time over the last uh, over the last few years, you think Phil Potter has a good chance here? 
Um, yeah, I think uh, I think Phil Paul probably be the favorite to win this one. Uh, he looked he looked great. Uh, he's looked much improved uh, since uh, his since he uh, what was it Regis Sugden onwards uh, where he won the uh, in Dublin Ireland. I think it was the first time Bama came to Dublin. Uh, he's looked he's looked much better. He's 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 been around for so long that I think people forget that Phil Pot's what like 23, 24 years old. He's, he's still a young guy and uh, I, he's not he was known as a bit of an idiot over the years and a bit and a bit mad and but he seems he seems like a much calmer, more calculating and taking everything much more seriously. Like he was known to miss weight all the time. Um, well, you you wouldn't know if he's going to miss weight or make weight over the years, but now he he hasn't missed weight in a while and he he was saying to me on the phone that he's. Uh, He's, he's at the lowest he's ever been at this stage before a fight, so I think he's taken it a lot more seriously than he was in the past, and I think uh, I think uh, he's going to have too much for Shea Walsh here, but Shea Walsh is very scrappy as well, and if, if he can get takedowns and frustrate Philpott, uh, that's his game, Like, and he, he's done it time and time again, but I think Philpott should have too much room on the feet uh, and be able to, to win a close enough decision, though. I, I, I can't see this being, uh, being easy for either guy. Right. Lovely. Enjoy that card. Next, it, all details, com. You'll see it there. Start times where you can watch it and all that. So check that out. Uh, right. Let's get into a few of these questions. We're running out of time. Seriously, here. We thought we'd have time for more questions, but um, apologies. We answered, we, we answered like four or five many there, but here comes another five or six. James Dunn at JDMUFC20. Good good username there. Would you give James Gallagher a title shot now at 145? Or if you're Scott Walker, or, or do you reckon it'd be better for him to go down to 135? Yeah, I think 135, and he, he can um, make weight at 135, fight uh, a known 35er, and then fight Eduardo Dantas uh, for the belt. Yeah. Two more quick ones here on James. Do you think, uh, Brian, from Brian McLaughlin at BC, BMC Dublin, do you think now that James is uh, winning that they'll be back in the next 12 months to Ireland? The other two? Um, yeah, I think I think so, yeah. I think they'll think probably do a couple of Jam- job, yeah. Yeah, Bamator. Uh, Jamie McDermott at Jamie MCD7. Who wins? Paddy, the Baddy Pimblet or Strabanimal, James Gallagher? Um, I haven't really thought about that one. Book of grapplers, like you'd say, James yeah. is a little bit more dangerous with his finishes. James is probably a lot better on the feet. Yeah, so, Paddy would be a couple bigger than him, though, wouldn't he? He would, yeah. Paddy's more of a lightweight, and James is probably more of a 135er. Be a good fight. Yeah. Mm. I wouldn't mind seeing it. I probably. Probably pick James to win the feed. I think Paddy is kind of stagnated a little bit over the last over the last couple of fights. You know, if he made some changes, you know, he's he obviously has. You know, I rate Paddy Paddy Pimblet a lot. I think he's a very very good fighter. But someone stagnating at that stage of their career is not not a very good sign. But if he makes changes, I don't know. Maybe you know, you who'd you talk about there earlier? Dante Casey went over to America went to ATT where you've unbelievable yeah. sparring partners get over, if he could do yeah. that even even if Paddy Pimblet just went over for for a six week training camp and he, he could stay mm-hmm. with Rimmer and uh, and Liverpool gym and um not 90% of the year and just head over for the odd the odd six week period or the odd four week period and just get new new uh, new looks and just new new ideas and just mix it up and just freshen it up and get away from your friends where you might be like out drinking too much or you might be playing playstation too much when you should be training just where the distractions aren't there yeah agree yeah Emma McLean, um what do you think about the mcgregor and mayweather press conference going to london and not dublin i think it's absolutely fucking yeah, stupid. i tell you that must have been floyd's, floyd's why, like, i don't think connor would, uh, would not want to come here Floyd and his whole team have basically been pro- pro- promoting McGregor 
for uh, since this fight has been announced. Leonard Ellerby, every second tweet of his is like, oh, McGregor, you know, Jeremy Hornby, Pacquiao at the weekend. Oh, uh, you can never rule anyone out. Everyone has a chance. Like, if you brought McGregor in over there, he's going to absolutely destroy flight. People are going to be saying, you know, where people buy into things. Oh, he's going to beat him. He's going to knock him out. Look, he has a slide on the rack. He's in his head. That's what they want. We're too much of a... Of a small country to for them to bother maybe <laughs> it could be the, that is the point as well it could be the media situation you know there's obviously sky sports are going to be probably, probably going to be on sky sports it's going to be all over sky sports news you know it, it probably would if it was in dublin as well let's be honest but yeah uh, I, i'm not too sure about that one wade wilson at sam not samuel did you watch the horn pacquiao fight and what did you think of it and people talking about MMA judging as well did you see it yeah, I actually did see most of it, but I wasn't I wasn't watching it to score it. It was kind of just on in the background. I saw people were talking about it on Twitter, so I just kind of switched it on. It was on it was on free TV over over here, so um, I, I wasn't scoring it, but uh, I did see that I, the commentators on Box Nation were saying basically that uh, they were thinking that Horn had won before the decision was given, but then it seemed that most people on Twitter and on the American channels had it pretty wide for Pacquiao, so. Yeah, I wasn't. I, I wouldn't like to say either way because I wasn't paying all that much attention to it. Yeah. Uh, El at Wally Frogmoras. Did you see the Conan fight? And what do you think of it? Did you see that one? Uh, I just saw the the finish. I didn't see anything else. I just saw it on Twitter. I didn't see it either. Yeah. Uh, Vinny C eighty six. Who's next for the big money move to MMA fighting? He says my his money's on oh, yeah. Shanti and well it won't be Shanti anyway. But yeah, if people didn't know PTs after signing with MMA fighting, he'd still be doing talk and brawls and stuff like that. But uh, fair play to him anyway. Good man. Yeah, it's good to see uh, honest and hard, honest hard work paying off. There's a lot of times where uh, yeah. uh, enough cunts are fucking getting yeah, stuff. They, they finally, uh, finally, good hard work and uh, proper proper ethics pay off. Mm-hmm. Exactly, hundred percent fair play. <laughs> um, I was going, I was going to introduce you at the start of the show as the Pizzi Carl of Irish MMA. <laughs> because Pete's now gone from Irish MMA but I'm sure he'll still be hanging around it but yeah that would be funny but um, I forgot about that um, Kieran at the Irish D underscore Irish Kieran what about John Fitch getting his first finish in 10 years on Friday I did not even actually know that did that happen did you see it yeah he beat Brian Foster uh, Brian Foster nearly nearly knocked him out and then Brian Foster seemed like he, he just basically ran out of energy and he kind of he kind of fell to his knees and didn't get up all that quickly. And John Fitch just jumped to his back, didn't even put in any uh, hooks, just choked, rear naked choked him with no hooks and uh, Foster tapped quickly. I think it was more he just was completely out of energy after he rocked Fitch, gave everything to try and finish him and didn't, and then just had nothing left. Nice for play. Edward Dawson at Edward D186. Have you been watching the Lions? If so, it says pick four people to fight. But why oh, have you been watching the Lions? What do you think of it? I, I didn't watch it. Yeah, Lions, I was watching the Lions. I watched it back. Yeah, pretty good game, wasn't it? They're yeah, going to get destroyed at the weekend. Yeah, well, if it's rainy and somebody manages to get sent off in the first yeah. 20 minutes, it could be, it could be a close game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, um, the pressure's on the All Blacks now a bit. Like you know, they're not used to being in this position where they're where they they're coming off a loss. I think that was the first loss and at home for them in fifteen years, and the first time since the last millennium that they'd not scored a try and lost. Yeah. So it was the first uh, time since nineteen sixty seven that an All Black had been sent off. Yeah, and they're they're dirty bastards as well. Like we all know that from the the Lions tours with with Drico and all that. So. Uh, I don't think it's a. I don't think they're a clean team that hasn't been getting people sent off. I think they've been getting away with, with murder for for years. 
Yeah. Um, Daniel Bradley asked about the Akesian closer. We just talked about that. Uh, Darren Sheehan asked about the Bama card. We talked about that. Derek Kelly, with Burrow being forced to fight at 140 pound catch wedge, you think other people will start doing this? I, I like <laughs> well, this. The thing, the thing about this is, Will Brooks hasn't signed to fight at 140, apparently. He's uh, like, Alderman Sterling. Or sorry, Alderman Sterling. If you want me to uh, change weights, I'm going to I'm going to need more money. <laughs> yeah. Which he definitely won't Which, get. Yeah, it's was. Yeah, but you definitely won't get it. You'll probably just end up signing them very late in, in the day. But it is a bit unfair on him. Like, you know, he's working his way down for months. Uh, presumably, if he's doing his wake up properly, he's edging his way down in order to make the weight when it, when he doesn't need to be. But it is it is for the greater good. Like, people like Hennebrow, who, who look horrendous when they make weight, and uh, the stories of them collapsing while trying to make weight and all that, it's just... You're just asking for trouble doing that repeatedly, and Brown's been doing that for years. So I think um, I think it's actually a good decision by the commission. But they might need to write into the contracts that uh, that the weight weight is subject to change, like card is subject to change. <laughs> That's actually a good idea. Um, Simon O'Keefe at O'Keefe Simon. If Connor doesn't come back to the UFC, who does Ferguson fight for a title? Diaz is a money fight for WME, but they hit him. Maybe he doesn't get cutting issues. Mm. We talked about that. Let me let me segue from that question. I think it'll be Habib. I think that'll happen. But what about um, Dana White saying that Conor McGregor told him he he wants to fight Habib in Russia in his next fight? Let me let me ask you this: Is is a uh, Conor McGregor, Honey Dick, and Dana White into acting like he's going to come back to the UFC when he's definitely not? I I think he will come back. Um, I don't think he definitely will, but I think if I had to bet, I'd say Conor will come back. But I don't think they're going to do uh, like the time difference and the pay per view is is where the bulk of the money is made, uh, and the bulk of the pay per views are sold when Conor fights. So, uh, the the Russia thing is a bit strange. Um, it would be great crack. It'd be it'd be brilliant. But uh, Connor seems to me Connor must have been in the middle of watching the Rocky trilogy or the Rocky box set at the time or something. So maybe yeah. maybe that's what where he got the idea. But uh, I think Dana just being Dana and you know people will talk if he says that and uh, yeah uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't believe it. Um- at Mellowing Wood asked about Hendrix and BJ Pin. Do you think they should get caught? Yeah, I think we, we both agreed on that beforehand. It's hard to call uh, BJ though because then he's just going to go to Bellator. Yeah, it might be better off because everyone in the UFC is going to destroy him anyway. So, Sean Dini, what are the chances of Joe Clifford being McGregor's cut man? What about him? Sorry, I broke up on the question. Do you think he'll be McGregor's cut man, Joe Clifford? Um, I have no idea. Um, no, we don't know. Yeah, I probably I don't think I'm mad at yeah. really. Stitch, uh, has Sean recovered from Derek Lewis coming back? Naked there. Um, <laughs> having to kind of bypass me Andy Stevenson if you could recommend other MMA podcasts outside of hashtag the MMA or and severe MMA ones what would it be um uh the Anfield rap <laughs> MMA podcast he says oh MMA podcast um how many of them podcasts I like I like press row with Jordan Breen I like that one um Jordan Breen and uh, what else oh, there's loads of good ones Three um yeah, three amigos. Um, there's actually a really good selection. You have like the MA or the MA beat come in event, like even submission radio. Uh, the Australians, the, the Australian lads, yeah. Uh, separate. Sean might be on that. have you on that. Ruins the show, obviously. Don't, uh, don't listen to <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have uh, John Pollock's MA report. 
you have Jordan Breen, Jordan Breen show, press row. There's just loads. The Sure Dog Roundtable is good for breaking down fights. If people haven't, if people don't know the guys on the cards or are new to MMA, they kind of give you an in-depth analysis of both guys and give you a, give you a pick as well. So there's, there's loads of MMA podcasts out there. If you go into iTunes and you, you go to like a Severe MMA podcast and you give us five-star rating and then you click right beside that, it says related or listeners mm-hmm. also subscribe to it. Then uh, you you're can see all. You're, you're a showman there. That was that was fucking brilliant. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Worked it in there. Segwayed it in there. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> excellent. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's loads there. Just go into iTunes or Apple Podcasts as it's called now. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Last thing, a couple of questions about Nick Diaz. You saw a violation. Three. He missed three tests in the last year. What, what can He's you do? He's a chief. He's a chief. Everyone's on steroids. They're all on steroids. He's a fucking pussy. That's what he <laughs> people were looking for. I forgot. I'm not calling Nick Diaz. Well, I kind of did, but I'm not. Yeah, no, the, the real question is, how did it take this long for Nick Diaz to violate it three times? <laughs> That's a fact. Like, how did this take so long? I was, just, I was just like, how did this happen before? The second I saw it, I was like, Jesus, this took ages to happen. I, I, the only thing I'm more shocked by, it took me this long to do a James Gallagher impression. <laughs> He's a fucking pussy. But um, yeah, uh, sure. What can you do? If he misses three tests, he should get banned or whatever. Dude, just ban it. He's not going to fight anyway. Nick Diaz, is just, yeah, Nick Diaz is too busy out there having parties in Vegas to to train. So uh, I don't think uh, I don't think he really cares. Yeah, their, their reaction to it was, uh, "Who gives a shit?" Really about uh, not just about. Usually, it's like if he fails for marijuana or something, they're like, "Oh, we don't give a shit about that. He should be allowed to do it or whatever." This is so stupid. But now we're like, "I don't even give a shit that he fails. Like nobody cares." It's like, yeah, whatever. Like, it's just it's just expected yeah it's just like yeah. why like yeah this is this was bound to happen <laughs> yeah ban him ban him for a year what difference does it make he's probably not going to fight anyway yeah, so yeah. yeah fair enough right that's it from us follow us at severe pod follow me shanchi at shanchi and ba uh go over on, on facebook follow me as well at shanchi and mma you can follow severe mma com on facebook and grams at severe me on twitter at severe me as well on uh, instagram so check us out there uh and severe forward slash merchandise you can find us there please give us a rating on itunes soundcloud download like four times and then just like delete three of them so we get more downloads that'd be great <laughs> uh anything else Graham, before we go um no, I think that's it. Um, yeah, uh, this Bama card is gonna be gonna be big, but I'm not gonna be here for it. So, uh, if anything goes wrong, blame Noel McGrath. Blame Noel McGrath. I like that. Like <laughs> no, it's gonna break um, under pressure being there by himself and get locked or something. I say. Oh, see, he's not Crack. going by himself and doing it. Oh, I'll have to do shit now, so as well, will I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll have to embed the videos and all that and share them out. I might go on the beer. I might nah, go on the nah, beer. Nah, forewarned. forewarned. Oh, oh, I actually had been forewarned. I just remember right now. Bollocks. Yeah. I just tell you way ahead of time. So you're like, oh, yeah, that's about three months. And then you agree to it. Yeah. And then it comes around. I'm like, remember that? That's ex- literally exactly what happened. You don't really remember me now. <laughs> I might, yeah. I might do it on the air. I'm out as well. Niall will embed him. He'll be grand. Fine. Uh, bring back Andrew <laughs> McGann. Hashtag bring back McGann. All right. Uh, <laughs> this is the end of it. Nice knowing you. Sorry we were gone last week. I was dying sick. Do you want to make your joke actually? Go on before we, before we end. Do it. You, oh, you yeah. Yeah. Me about this joke. yeah uh, I just wanted to talk about the three stool related incidents. And last week, uh, you nearly dying of constipation, Keish <laughs> shitting herself, and Chandler getting the stool gag done to him. Uh, on, on that note, here, here's the inspiration quote of the week. <laughs> Let your smile change the world, but never let the world change your smile. See you next Tuesday. Or possibly Monday.